What's up, bitches? I'm Gaia. And I'm Nitha. And this is Bitch Why. Our podcast where we talk about all the things we like and dislike and why anyone would make them. We are two artsy bitches learning about what makes our good and how to talk about it and why to talk about it and when to talk about it. What's poppin'? What are your snacks this week, my good friend? I watched so many movies this weekend. Good for you. No, not good for me because they were populated with only white people. Here's the rundown. Do you want to hear it? Okay. I was trying, I just wanted to watch some Kristen Stewart content. So I watched this movie, Adventureland, with her and Jesse Eisenberg. And then I was like, oh my god, there's another movie with both of them where they play opposite each other called American Ultra. So then I watched that. And then Hulu was like, do you want to watch this Pete Davidson movie? So I was like, okay. And it's called Big Time Adolescence. So then I watched that. And then I was like, I have... Now I'm attracted to Jesse Eisenberg and Pete Davidson on the same day. That's bad. What mental illness is that? And then I was like, I need to watch The Social Network so I can cure myself of the Jesse Eisenberg attraction. One way to cure yourself. (laughs) And then the next day I watched King of Staten Island, which is another Pete Davidson movie that feels like the big sick because Judd Apatow also directed it. And like all of these movies were like pretty good. And then I watched Palm Springs with Andy Samberg. And I just was like, why did I watch so many movies with white people? Also, why does no one ever talk about how in the social network there is a fully white man playing Playing, an Indian character? Playing an Indian character or talking about Brazilian guy? Oh, Andrew Garfield plays someone who's supposed to be Brazilian. And then this other white guy plays someone who's supposed to be Indian because his name is Divya Narendra, which is the most Indian fucking name I've ever heard. And then I Googled the real life person. That person is very Indian and very brown. And then I look at this actor who's like Italian or something. And I was like, why? Why does no one talk about this? Oh, and then I watched Gone Girl, which is another white person movie. Anyway, Aaron Sorkin cannot write women. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like I... I feel like like Aaron Sorkin movies are like fun to listen to. They're so zippy, but it's yeah. like he would be such a dick in real life. Everyone in any of these movies would have been dicks in. I also heard Jesse Eisenberg. No, is a dick like in Aaron real life. Sorkin would be d- a dick in real life. Aaron Sorkin would be a dick. I feel like David Fincher would also maybe be a dick. Jesse Eisenberg's a dick in real life. That kind of bums oh, me out. There's a video. I'll put it in the show notes of him being so mean to this interviewer who's a woman, and he's like patronizing her. You know, I just need to stop having expectations for celebrities. I don't have expectations for them anymore. They can do whatever they want, and I will think the same about them that I think about the random people I see on the subway. Everyone I talk to about Jesse Eisenberg is like, I always get it mixed up with Michael Sarah, and I think that Michael Sarah and Jesse Eisenberg are an experiment created by the government to see how many similar-looking white boys we'll make famous before we'll give a brown person an Oscar. Ba-da-ba! You know what's annoying though? I feel like j- this is gonna sound bad. Oh no! Jesse Eisenberg is like hot Michael Sarah. I feel like that, they. No, you're right. They put they invented Jesse Eisenberg to sexify the nerd trope because now we're not allowed to actually have like weird looking people in movies anymore. They both have like incel energy, but I know Michael Sarah won't hurt me, but Jesse Eisenberg, Eisenberg will. will. He will. <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg plays characters no. that would hate crime both of us. No. <laughs> no. Jesse oh. Eisenberg would be like, I can't date you because you're trans. What is your snack? Jesus. Thank you. So I guess I have two snacks because one is a co-snack between me and Cameron. Um, <laughs> if you're not watching the Montero Call Me By Your Name music video, if you're not listening to it, it is a bop. It is a revelation. Lil Nas deserves the best. He seems like a nice young man. He's 21. Yes? Is yeah. he not a nice young man? It's just crazy how young he is. I, I have news about me that you're not ready to hear. <laughs> It's just I look at him and I'm like, wow, I'm past my prime is what I am. You are past your prime. You're I'm past elderly. my prime. What was it like to be alive in the 20th century? I could never imagine that, being alive this in the 20th century. Fine. This is my new retaliation against people who, like, patronized me for being a Gen Z. I'm also Gen Z. Yeah, we're both Gen Z, but, like, 
So I'm the youngest person at the place I work at right now. And mm. there's always a kind of like, oh, you're so young. You're so young. You don't know anything about anything. You're so young. And so my current retaliation method is to be like, what was it like to be alive in the 20th century? That's so nuts. Can't even imagine the 20th century. <laughs> you know, people have an easier time checking IDs now because if it starts with 19, they're like, eh, you're good. Well, this is the last year it's good for them because we 2000s are turning 21, baby. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> My real snack, my my primary snack, um, is I've been my roommates and I have been watching all of Pushing Daisies. If you ever feel bad, I recommend watching Pushing Daisies. Like it's just like a nice feeling to watch. It's definitely not the most diverse show. It does a lot of things wrong. Like, but it it, it feels so well intentioned and designed to be something that was not that was just like positive in the world. It's not mean. It's like good spirited. And I really like it. I think something that's nice about Pushing Daisies is that all of the characters are unafraid of being nice to each other or liking each other. And that's really sweet. I think that's delightful. And also, a lot of screenwriters aren't taking as many risks as the writers of Pushing Daisies are. It's really hard to get a weird show picked up. Yeah, we were talking about this. It's really hard. And like I'm in a class right now where we watch busted pilots, which are just pilots that never went on air. And a lot of them are like either really boring and generic, like they're trying to be like like a uh, fucking friends or something and it's just not good. Or they're like experimental and cool and weird and like they just don't get picked up because they were like Scott Pilgrim before before Scott Pilgrim, so like people weren't quote unquote ready yet but yeah i'm really glad pushing daisies was given it was really cool it didn't deserve to be canceled she's just a cute little show that's a straight couple that can handle yearning yeah they can handle yes. it we need to but i think list. they're bye for bye so whenever a straight couple can handle yearning i must assume that they're bye for bye like the couple from halloween yeah bye for bye, bye oh my god bye. i miss them i miss them too fuck <laughs> you just reminded me of the, our iconic bye for bye couple I also watched ContraPoints' video on the West. Oh, is there a new ContraPoints video? No, 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 it was an old one from 2018, but it popped up on my thing. New ContraPoints video? No, but you know what? Speaking. No. Speaking of the West. Speaking of the West. Speaking of directions. What's the opposite of the West? The East. What's the roadmap? Asia. We're going to take our road eastward. <laughs> anyway, welcome to Bitch Why. If you're new here, if you're not, also welcome. This episode and all of our episodes, except for the Taylor Swift episode, is made up of four parts. Bitch What, which is where we talk about what we're talking about. Bitch How, a technical rundown of how it succeeds and fails as a piece of art. Bitch Time, three minutes of us not being smart, just being stupid our mouths and finally bitch why which is a sum up of the implications why it matters why anything matters if anything matters and the bitch meter which is our little diversity score meter which we learned math to give to you and i feel like today is an important day to remind everyone that as always correlation does not mean causation just because something's got a great bitch meter score doesn't mean it's sexy we must move into bitch what it's time for bitch what it is bitch what are we talking about raya and the last dragon i keep trying to keep wanting to say raya and the lost dragon raya and the last lesbian raya is gay raya is gay anyway so i found out about this movie i saw a trailer for it and when you told me that we should review it i was like how are we going to review that that's not going to be out for another year and then it was out right now it's been out <laughs> for like chat. you were like wait <laughs> that's i was out? like what i was really excited when i saw the trailer i think raya is so cute imagine yeah. my shock the trailer is cut really well it looks no it's cool. a great trailer it looks sick for a movie that had most of its press Corvid in friendly. The pan- yeah. Like it looks good and it looks exciting and one would imagine that it would the trailer for an exciting movie. Yeah. I know Disney stuff. It's the unfortunate circumstance of being from Southern California. That's how I know about it. That's all. You know way more about what's going on in the Disneyverse than I do. I yeah, and I don't even 
actively try to find it anymore. It just happens to me. Yeah, I uh, I live so in a nunnery gross. in Indiana, so I basically know nothing at all about what's going on in the world. There's so much pop culture swimming around in my brain. It's because your brain is huge. Let's recap this movie. Yeah, I can do it. So, Ryan the Lost Dragon. Last Dragon. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> um, Ryan the Last Dragon takes place in an ambiguous Southeast Asian land. You remember what the land is called? Kumandra. Kumandra. And it starts with telling us a great tale about how the humans and the dragons used to live in harmony, but then there was a big fight. Over the stone. No, yeah. No, not over the stone. At first, it was this dark blob thing was coming after people and turning people into stone. And they were like... The droons. The droons. The droons. You're here for the words. I'm here for the... I got the words. I got the words. Don't worry about it. Together, we have the entire movie. I got you. I got you. But the dragons come (laughs) together, and in order to save the humans, they make a magical stone. And then 500 years passed, and Raya is a princess in the region of Kumandra, Heart. Heart. Yeah. That is um, in charge of protecting the stone. There are five regions of Kumandra. There's heart, 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 fang, talon, spine, fang, tail, tail. Raya's dad is really interested in bringing peace between the kingdoms. He invites them all for dinner. Raya has a crush on a little girl. She says, hey, you want to see something cool? She shows her the stone. Psych! Raya was being tricked by an evil predatory lesbian. And <laughs> with a sick undercut. With a sick lesbian undercut. They steal the stone, but in the process of stealing the stone, they break the stone and it releases the drone. Raya's dad gets turned into stone. Then there's another flash forward. Raya's on the hunt for the stone. And she finds the last dragon and together they go on a hunt for all of the pieces of the stone so they could they can defeat the drone turn people back into humans and not into rock stone. rocks not into stone <laughs> um and shenanigans i would say ensue this movie was like 70 percent exposition Bruh. so that's basically like all you need to know like <laughs> it's time for bitch how It is time for Bitch How because, bro, I have not been so disappointed in a Disney movie in my life. Like, I was trying to think of Disney movies, like, not like the Aladdin third movie or whatever where you're, like, some (laughs) random animators in the desert, like, got a hold of the rights and did something. Well, no, no. Do you know why those direct-to-video sequels are so bad? Why? There's a separate animation studio for the Disney sequels. So they give the, they pass those off to like interns and new people who are like learning how to animate and they give them a smaller budget. So that's why like Lion King 2 and Aladdin 2 and 3 like look like that. Okay, no, the Lion King 2 slaps. Do not. Hunchback of Notre Dame 2? I'm thinking, oh my god, why does Hunchback 2 look so bad? So bad. Actually, you're right, Lion King 2 does look good. I was gonna say, I'm thinking of one Never slander my bitch, the Lion King 2. But, like, like of all the, like, real Disney movies that have ever come out in my life, I have never been more disappointed in a movie. It started from the moment it began when they hit me with a wall of exposition. The first, like, 25 minutes of this movie are straight exposition. Like, nothing happens besides exposition. And then after that, it's, like, bits of action sprinkled with exposition. They start with straight-up unframed just someone's talking about what's happening. Yeah. Like, sister, can I have a framing device? Yeah. Some context? Gwen is one of the writers who worked oh, on yeah. this, and I'm particularly angry because <laughs> Quigwin is one of my favorite writers. He's delightful. He wrote She Kills Monsters and Viet Gone. Um, Viet Gone is one of my favorite plays. Viet Gone is one of my favorite plays. She Kills Monsters is one of my favorite plays. It's They're both, like, beautiful pieces of work. And I think part of the reason this is so bad is because Particularly in She Kills Monsters, I'm not as familiar with Viet Gone, so you can like fill me I in can here. Talk about that. Yeah. She Kills Monsters has a great framing device for exposition because it's a D and D game. They're, the the whole premise is that they're playing through a D and D game. Yeah. And so I think Kui Gwyn imagines that when you see exposition, you're having fun with it the way you might in some of his other work. Except for this is just there's no framework. 
and we spend so much time on exposition that every time some there was a lot of times when the this movie wanted me was asking me to feel for the characters but I feel like I didn't know any of them it was just like I, I occasionally random people would show up and I'd be like oh yeah I remember who you are um you're the baby with the monkeys so I like the shadow puppetry of the beginning. We learned yeah. about this in my like classical Asian performance class. But it's called Wayang Kulit. I'm so sorry if I pronounce that pronounce that horribly. That's something that I think originated in like Indonesia, but is all throughout Southeast Asia. So I loved how it looked, but I think that like this is a big show don't tell problem is like at least in Frozen, or um, yeah, more recent. Well, Moana kind of has a bit of like explaining at the top. Yeah, but Moana's explaining is immediately framed. Moana right. does like the same like kind of. They, there's a little cute visual moment for the for for the exposition in Moana, but immediately after you get out of that, it's like, oh, the grandma's telling the kids a story. The grandma's t- well, so that's ha- that happens at a point in this movie. The mom With in one of the expositions. Yeah, so the mom in Bang, you see her narrating a puppet show before Namari goes to talk to her about something. Yeah, but that's not No, so I'm saying that they could have done that. Yeah. And then chose not to. And I was like, who is telling the story to whom? Why is this happening? But like, so the thing is like, I don't want to get rid of that shadow puppetry moment. I think it's really beautiful. But it is too much explaining at the top. Like, show me that movie. Like, well, like why did we watch this whole thing? It's interesting that the kind of prior to the movie plot ends up being virtually the same as what happens in the movie. Yeah. Which is that a bunch of people come together with a gemstone and it defeats the dark thing and then everyone's like basically good. It's a classic rule of writing, like all forms of writing, that dropping straight exposition on a viewer right at the top is just almost never a good idea. I think it kind of makes you feel like an alien um and exposition is such a boring view into the world especially spoken exposition and this movie kind of continually requires spoken exposition there's a frustrating thing that happens throughout that i was annoyed by was that we never saw raya get any of the information she had she just had all of it she knew what to do always and then every time she just kind of went and did it you know what? I hate the term Mary Sue. Yeah. <laughs> but what do I know about the other Disney princesses, right? Belle, you know, like, what she wants. Like, I, I didn't know what Raya wanted ever other than to, like, reverse this thing. Moana has this virtually kind of not... I'm tr- I hate conflating these two princesses together. Yeah. But this is the most recent thing. And also, like, the story of, like, trying to stop some, like, sad monster that destroys your world. Like, it's, it's virtually, like, very similar. At least Moana has some, like, inner stuff going on. And, like... Raya does where she's like, I don't trust anybody because of this one thing that happened. But like, I never felt that like in her, like in her being, like I, she would just say it like, oh, I don't trust these people. They're Yeah, for shitty. someone whose primary character flaw was that she never trusts people, she immediately trusts nearly everyone they pick up along the way. They have a whole band by the end. Well, she actually is proven right. To not trust people. Like, and and here's the other thing that, like, what this movie was just saying is, like, we all need to come together and we need to trust each other. But, like, Raya would say, like, hey, so we're going into this one place. It's really dangerous. It's full of pickpockets. Immediately filled with pickpockets. What would have been maybe more interesting is she has all these ideas in her head of, like, what these places are like. And then she goes there and then they're nothing like that. That might change how she trusts the information she has been told. I don't know what they were trying to say with this movie, but if they were trying to, like, explain how prejudice is instilled and then rehabilitated, they did not get it right, even for a kid's movie. You know what I mean? Because all of her prejudice is warranted. Yeah. There's so much that they feel need they need to include within the movie because they've... They've chosen not an intricate plot, but a simple plot that has a lot of different steps. So they have to cram a lot in. And so they don't really have time for them to have any challenges 
beyond like little stumbles everything's pretty easy for them yeah like something that was so frustrating to me is the very first piece of the gemstone she had to take from the hands of the skeleton lady oh yeah Mm -hmm. basically straight up like she got it and she met namari for a second but they got away within like she does have that one fight with namari where she is kind of losing yeah which was interesting but i didn't feel like she was gonna lose exactly because we had no reason to think she would lose she had so much backup why would she have lost in that moment she's so good at fighting (laughs) she's always wins her fights the stakes were lacking just a bunch of things happened and every time something would happen i'd just be like fine okay, something happened again. We've met new characters. There was also like a frustrating thing that I thought Disney had been passed. I thought Soul was proof that Disney was passed talking down to kids. Yeah, show me one kid that understood Soul completely though. Yeah, also, I mean- wait, so they brought in a black co-director later for Soul, um, but he was not there originally. And then for this, the two directors, one is white, one is Latinx. So- why like where's, why where's the southeast asian rep exactly and so they and actually there i will say in terms of how like there are some interesting ways the camera moves in this film i thought like there were some cool techniques that they were doing that made it feel like a modern action film like there's some like cool zooms and like there's an like, interesting movement so that was one of the reasons why they brought on one of those directors because he was like i'm really good at action like i'm really good at this like, i'm good at this i get it but also If you need to have a story trust where you go to Indonesia, Cambodia, Thailand, Vietnam, and Laos, if you need to, if you need to do that, can you just hire some writers from those places? They spent so much time, and and I have a name for this now, um, the Wakanda conundrum is the name I've come up with Mm -hmm. for, like, conglomeration of cultures. And this happened with Mulan, too, with the new one, where they go to a place and they're like, yeah, we got it. We figured it out. We know exactly what to do with it. And you're like, okay, like aesthetically. That's actually quite a few places, but. It's quite a few places. At least Ryan Coogler had more of like a stakes in the game in terms of like what I what he wanted to do with it. And, like, the costume designer knew what they were doing. And, like, there was a little more, like, I'm more forgiving about Wakanda than I am with this because the directors and the story rate, right, there's so many white people behind this movie in a way that like makes me upset. And they're like, no, we'll just take this from here and this from here. And it's okay because Southeast Asia is like a melting. They've said the word melting pot in interviews and it made me mad. I hate that term because of trade and commerce and like so many things get passed around Southeast Asia anyway. So it should be fine if we borrow from all these different places. They spend so much time aesthetically making this world interesting looking and then nothing to do with like the culture or the actual mythology of these any of these places aside from the Naga, which is the the dragon. None of that lives in the characters. It's just in the aesthetic. And like you spent all this time to prove to me that you knew what you were doing. But all it is is just hollow because I don't give a fuck about any of these people or why they're driven by any of these things i think something that they that this movie like sorely misses out on is like the importance of family in all of asian cultures if you're gonna conglomerate conglomerate the family dynamic because like we all kind of have like a very intense like focus on community but you've like already thrown that away because you like kill off her dad at the first like five minutes there's so much in there that like is missing yeah you can show the food cool yay some little kid is like i eat that the one thing i did really like is like when they go into a sacred place they take off their shoes and like they don't explain that to anyone they just do it more of that though more of those like silent things that you don't have to explain that are just like characters the not just the aesthetic. Yeah. People were like, oh, well, we, you know, every, Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings do, like, a pan-European thing, so why can't we do a pan-Asian thing? And I'm like, because we've never gotten a singular Asian thing. I've never got, like, just pick one place. Just put it in Cambodia. 
But then when you do this thing where you're like, it's like this fictional land where we can take wherever we want versus like Frozen, you're like, okay, well, it's in one part, but that part, that place actually exists in the real world. But this is like, okay, well, now it doesn't matter where we are. It doesn't matter what we're representing because it's fake. So we can do whatever the fuck we want with it. At least in Wakanda is in Africa and Africa is real and like canon that it is real in Marvel. Right? Africa so, is canonically real in the Marvel, uh, in Africa's the MCU. Africa is canonically a real place. Here, it's, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm upset because this movie was bad. And this movie was bad because it felt like I was being virtue signaled to the entire time. Yeah, I think this movie was really afraid of having anything complicated happen between the characters. The most complicated relationship bet- was between Namari and Raya, which is weird because they before Namari betrayed her, they'd only known each other for fucking ten minutes, like a couple hours, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, okay, yeah, like a couple hours. You're right, but like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what? I don't know. I'm I'm trying to think about things that they could have done and pinpoint thing like other than the issue with conglomeration, which I think you you pointed out very well Thanks. that we also <laughs> talked about in our Black Panther episode. If you're ever interested in learning more Ish. about our thoughts on conglomeration. I mean, maybe the conglomeration thing is also evidenced by smaller problems within the movie in that there were too many characters. They didn't have time to get into every single character or that there was too many things going on in the world. They didn't have time to dwell on the impact of anything. There were too many small elements of plot that we were tracking, like... The, the powers that the dragon got every single time and, like, who was holding the gemstones, when and why. In a way, this movie's hard to talk about because I just didn't really feel much of anything watching it. That's not because I'm jaded by Disney. Like, I cried like a baby watching Soul. I love watching children's media and feeling every feeling that there is to feel. Happens Moana. to me all the time. Moana is great. Disney's whole thing is that we take a specific fairy tale and then we just do that um, in our Disney way. Only if it's white, though. The the only um, exception I can see to the only if it's white, though, is Mulan. Mulan's based off a really specific Chinese poem. You know, it's extant. It's very specific. They can delve into every specific piece of it. So I don't really know why right now only with non-white things disney's like i am too afraid to pick a story and riff on it yeah i think that would be so much more exciting i feel like a lot of kids aren't getting to hear about the folklore of different worlds that's why we have all of the various rick riordan spinoffs um it's easier because those things it's almost like they kind of Yes, they're European. Yes, like, the story of Cinderella and Rapunzel are, like, European. But they're so far removed from, like, where they came from that people can see them and, like, glaze over any maybe cultural importance that those stories might have had if they did at all. Because, like, the West is simultaneously culture and also without culture. Anything in the quote-unquote East is, like, foreign and, like, confusing they're maybe afraid to touch it because then they have to reckon with all of it and also be really careful because those things are still a part of people's religions and like cultural practices and i'm not saying i'm not defending disney i'm saying they should do that work but that that is why they don't want to do that work and that's why no one is compelled to do that work because it's quote-unquote too hard get the someone who grew up with it to write it i someone who grew up with it to write it yeah. It's so frustrating to watch something so visually striking be boring. Oh, yeah. For sure. And characters that I feel like could be interesting. Like, I liked Kelly Marie Tran played uh, Raya, right? Raya. I loved yeah. her acting. I thought she did a great job. She's Poor Kelly. Great. Give her give her some good parts. Beyond the conglomeration stuff, I'm just going to say a bunch of things in succession. Say it. 
Uh, I didn't like the character design of the dragons. They Why were does she look like a Neopet, My Little like Pony, My Little Pony, Littlest Why is she fluffy? Shop. Why is she um, fluffy? I didn't like that. The thing where they kidnapped a baby, I'm sure we'll talk about it more during bitch oh time, God. but I just needed to express it while we were no, being intelligent. Right. Like, they kidnapped weird. a baby. I felt like baby. this movie was talking down to me. A lot of the jokes were frustratingly childlike and i get that it's a kids movie but kids know when a joke isn't funny there are better jokes in soul and like moana and like frozen too i mean typically the thing that is really impressive about a disney movie and let it be said i am not a disney apologist like fuck (laughs) disney and everything that they do that being said I feel like what is cool about a Disney movie, the reason Disney is what it is, is because you watch it as a kid and it's fun and then you watch it as an adult and it's fun. And you are going to have a fun time no matter what. It's going to hit the nostalgia, but it's also going to hit the adult feelings. It's like watching Toy Story. It's such an easy journey to transition from a kid to being an adult to watch. This movie felt... Like, it wasn't really for anyone. I think a kid, a, a young kid, the kind of kid who's going to, like, laugh at the, like, toot bug joke thing, aren't smart enough to grasp the storyline because the storyline's really complicated and you have to hang in there during a lot of people just talking to get it. And the people who are there enough to hang in there through all the exposition are going to roll their eyes at all the stupid jokes You spend too much time on the stupid jokes and not enough time on relationships between characters, and so you don't care about the characters. All of the relationships between the characters are simple. They like each other, mostly, except for between Raya and Amari, which is kind of complicated, but I have trouble buying it because they knew each other for like an hour. I feel like they should just have an enemies relationship, but they're homos, so they have yearning, and so I get it. Don't give her an undercut. If you don't want us to project queerness onto her. No, Disney knew this. They knew that. I mean, this is maybe for bitch why, but like <laughs> that was bait. Like They knew, the way they, knew really? what they were doing. They knew what they were doing. People have been asking for a gay Disney princess for for like probably the last 10 years. Like really loudly, people have been talking about how yeah. they want a gay Disney princess. And Disney knows they're never going to really do that. Disney's never going to really do that. What Maybe like Disney proved me wrong challenge, but they're never going to do that. Their relationship doesn't make sense if she doesn't have a crush on her. They don't have any reason to have strong feelings yeah, for each other. Yeah, they don't know each other. Except for that hatred because she betrayed her whole country. So so I live in New York, but I've also been living a lot in rural America recently. Um, and meeting a lot of like rural conservative people, um, which has been a very interesting experience and definitely a real privilege of being white is being able to meet these types of people. If the If the whole idea of this movie is like unity despite extreme disparity i wish they kind of had emphasized the different the cultural differences like the cultural differences between people living in farms in like indiana and the people who live in new york are astronomical the progressive people who live in indiana and the progressives who live in new york they don't live in the same universe if a lot of people came to new york came from new york to here They just wouldn't have the cultural fluency to have genuine interactions with the people around them. And that's part of the reason that people in the United States have trouble connecting across political divides beyond the racism. And also the fact that the people that are politicians have kind of created race and class to be separate issues. So a lot of blue collar people feel like disenfranchised from progressive conversations and therefore, even though... They would totally benefit from things, things, but they don't have the context to understand that. And like blue collar work has a huge history in like being work that people of color did and do. And it's very frustrating that there's a cultural divide. But I think if they if you're talking about unity, I think this should be a, a movie about hugely disparate groups of people coming together and learning to understand each other and understanding <sighs> yeah. the wrongs that one or both of them have done and this movie is interested in having a complicated conversation it doesn't have enough time to have a complicated conversation each of the characters has like maybe 10 minutes to like be who they are 
and it suffers for that. Nothing ends up fully yeah. realized. It's just a bunch of underrealized threads. There's like three moments in this movie that I can recall that are maybe getting at something. Oh, no, two. One, where the mom uh, is doing that shadow puppet. She's narrating that show. And she's talking about, like, we had to do this to survive. And now this is why we're doing so well and everyone else is doing so poorly. It's because we came together in our one little nation and we made sure that we were good. And then the other part is when her father, when Raya's father is like, everyone thinks that we're so prosperous because we have the stone, which is not true. We're so prosperous because of da 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 da. There could be discourse about like the stories we tell about one another and how prejudice takes like sets in from a young age there's nothing about like how the two girls interact with each other other than the namari is like oh we don't have rice which is like hold on rice is very cheap and easy i was gonna say that's stupid so it's like how can you do all this research and go to indonesia and fucking Tell me where you got the pants that they're wearing from. But you can't tell me that rice isn't cheap to make? Sorry. The movie isn't interesting. Like, the characters don't really ever get to reckon with their prejudices because they're never never really engaged with other than the fact that they have them. And I think something that would have really improved it is having the characters be wrong about things. So if Raya went to Spine and was surprised by how the people looked and acted, or if we found out it actually was the stone that was making hearts so prosperous and maybe and they shouldn't like, oh have been God. hoarding it away. Um, yeah. But none of that ended up happening. It was just kind of an adventure movie with a message about how we should trust everyone no matter what. And it's just such a bummer. It's such a bummer to like... I'm really bummed. It's a bummer to watch a movie and feel nothing. The score is not cohesive. It's very confusing. I was like, why Why is this score just like a boring, like vaguely classical? Well, like, there's some elements on. of like Southeast Asian music yeah. again, which is another thing to, like that's a Wakanda conundrum too. It's like, what parts of music can we take? What parts of lore can we take? They don't make any specific decisions about anything. So then everything feels really general. So of course the score feels general. The other thing is, like, that one moment where they're, like, planning something and it it looks like Spider-Verse for a second. Like, I was like, what? I was like, you You wish you were Sony. You just established the shadow puppetry thing. And I think, like, they're trying to balance this, like, traditional versus modern. Go, like, watch The Secret of Kells and, like, take notes on how you can use traditional art in an interesting way. Like, come on. Also, the characters from the other kingdoms have more ethnic quote-unquote features yeah i noticed that with namari and her mom in particular namari and her mom anyone from where the large guy is from i don't even remember his name he's like darker skin and then there's like a whole cast of characters that come to visit the uh to come to visit heart at the beginning they don't speak at all they speak a little bit but they're all like very different looking from one another we don't talk about any of them. They don't get staged. They don't get screen time. And and Raya looks pretty much, like, not really distinct from, like, another generic-looking Disney princess. In addition to this, like, problem of colorism, Namari was the butch lesbian villain. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. predatory lesbian trope. Like, I'm all for a sexy lady villain who's gay, but could we maybe have... Someone who is a sexy lady villain who's not gay. (laughs) Yeah. Like, Namari had more of a butch build. Which is weird considering they both can do the same things. Yeah, like... Why can't Raya also have a butch build? Yeah, exactly. Like, like Namari with, like, broad shoulders, flat chest, like, small hips. Like, that's cool character design. Let Raya have that character design. Namari has short hair. Let let Raya have short hair. There was something weirdly insidious to me about like the idea that Namari kind of came in and like this they were children, so this isn't this is a strong word, but like seduced her and kind of like No, she did tricked her. She kinda and did. Yeah. Th- that whole thing 
I was just like, seriously, it's 2021. Aren't we past this? Yeah, it was a move to make it feel more modern. But again, there's a weird imbalance between this traditional Guys, modern I'm such thing. such a Jesus and I don't know, nerd. I just think I have my like yeah, Jesus like, merch. Yeah, no one would be like, oh, I'm such you a fucking... You want my fucking... Jesus merch necklace? <laughs> Bro, like, I... It's not canon in the Bible. Like, no one would say that. Like, like, no. The, so I'm just, I just don't know if that's the well, right Well, biblical move. canon um, is, like, the OG word where canon came from. But also, like, know, in that oh, context. Fuck me. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, no like, one no would. One's, like, writing. No one's writing, like, saint fan fiction. Also, like, I feel like the natural response to us being, like, it couldn't, like, handle any of these issues is to be, like, well, it's a Disney movie. It doesn't have to. But I think we need to remember that, like, Disney balances serious and silly in every movie that's their whole thing like that's their whole thing frozen 2 had a whole like colonizer, whole colonizer subtext discussion like, but like, like disney can do that disney does that all the time yeah, they do it all the time i guess like disney's more comfortable with the idea of interacting with death than it is with interacting with complex identity even though those are both like hard things to deal with that a lot of people are gonna have to deal with but coco talks about death and complex identity yeah. and yo family I'm, trauma. I'm maybe i'm so disappointed because i what just when was the movie? last time Maybe I'm just annoyed that bad movies still come out at all. I th- I think I just get mad because I think about all the people I know who are making really great work and I'm like why why don't they have a job? Why does this Why don't I have a job? Yeah. I write great also, shit. Like right. not for this obviously, no, but yeah. like I just I, that's all. I think we need we to have move, to move on. on. I think we've we need... talked about how boring this movie time. is for We're... so long. Fuck. It's bitch time. This is bitch time where we get three minutes to bitch about whatever we want. Um, yay, go. I don't like that they kidnapped that baby. I don't get the baby. I was so mad at the baby. Why was he here? The baby upset me. Every time the baby did something, it made me mad. I was like, stop. This character, this baby character, there was a moment where they tried to make the baby seem sad. And I was like, I can't sympathize with this baby. I don't understand it in any way. At all. The baby was so confusing I to was me, very baffled by the baby. And I didn't like it. Um, none of these jokes landed. Not a single one. None of the jokes. Like, I didn't even get, like, a nice, like, nose exhale. Like, I lost two hours of my life, and for what? I didn't laugh at... I don't think I laughed at anything. Oh. I think she called her princess undercut, and I was like, haha, <laughs> she's gay. She's gay. Because she's, she's gay. She's gay. Get it? Because um, she's gay. She's gay and evil. Aha. Uh-huh. She's got an undercut. She's gay and evil. I can't believe I think that, like, Josh Gad was better in a comedic. Like, I think Olaf, I guess, is better than Sisu. Oh, ouch. No, don't say that. It's true, though. Like, oh, Olaf, Olaf is better least... than Sisu, but, like, yeah. I also kind of wish it was a musical. I want a musical. I think it'd be fun to sing along to some songs. I think that they were like, this is a princess movie for boys because there's no singing. Boys can have... <laughs> they were like, let's... No, but Disney thinks of things in a really gender essentialist way, so they're probably like, boys can watch it too. Let There's no songs. Boys can watch it because they're so lesbians. It's for boys. I understand. I understand. Oh my god. The lesbians, it's boys, it's all coming together. It's all... Every time they were gonna say Binturi, I thought they were gonna say bitch, and I just think it would have been better if they the had say bitch. bitch. Let the characters... Like backstabbing Binturi. In Riot. And I was like, say bitch. In the last... Dr- the last dragon. <laughs> Let them say the bitch. The last dragon. It's the last you dragon. You know the movie, the last... You know the movie, the last unicorn? So everyone keeps talking about Is... this movie with me. It's better it. than this. Watch the last. Uh, we could just list movies that are better than this movie. Meet the I Robinsons. Want, actually, I want a Snyder cut where they just dub Ali Wong's voice over Aquafina's voice in this. And maybe Do it. it be better. Do it. I dare you. Ali Disney, Wong. Disney, I dare you. Call me. Also, Disney, make a gay Disney princess challenge. Like I dare you. Like right now, I'm saying you're never gonna do it. Prove me wrong. Prove Gaia wrong. Prove me wrong. Two K twenty one. Well, they are I'm making just... those little gay Disney call me by your name boys, but that's but they're children. They're children, so it's weird. 
Yeah, they're children, so it's weird. Um, Did you see those evil animals? I think it's funny that animals are evil. I don't, because I... Where's the evil animal pet store? I get bitten by chickens so often. I, I think just there should think be more there's evil There's some animals. animals that are evil-coded and some that Evil-coded and good-coded like, animals. There's like, where, All do you animals breed are the, where do you breed the evil horses from Mulan? I was just about to talk about horses because I recently saw a horse penis for the first time. Oh, Gaia, please. We, I don't want to talk about horse penises. Okay, it's time for Bitch Why, where we talk about the impact of the thing. Truly, I don't think that there is much impact other than I was in a class a few weeks ago and then I dropped it because the teacher made me really mad and he was like, I don't think I need to be specific when I have an Asian person who is Korean, I let them go out for Vietnamese and Chinese and Japanese roles because nobody cares. And I was like, fuck you, sir. Fuck you. And I dropped the class. Good for you. I love dropping a class. It's so freeing. The problem with the casting... I'm gonna do a quick geography lesson. Southeast Asia is composed of 11 countries. Here they are. Brunei, Burma, Cambodia, Timor-Leste, Indonesia, Laos, Malaysia, the Philippines, Singapore, Thailand, and Vietnam. East Asia is China, Japan, Mongolia, North Korea, South Korea, and Taiwan. South Asia is Afghanistan, India, Pakistan, uh, Bangladesh... Sri Lanka, Nepal, Bhutan, and the Maldives. And then the Middle East, which is not a real thing, is Iran, Turkey, Yemen, Syria, Saudi Arabia, Iraq, United Arab Emirates, and so on. That is either West Asia or the tip of Northeast Africa. If I hear anyone say the Middle East again, I will literally lose my my mind because the Middle East is a catch-all term for any brown country America has, de- has deemed dangerous. Um, the Middle East does not exist. Anyway, Aquafina is Korean, not Southeast Asian. Kelly Marie Tran is Vietnamese, so she actually is Southeast Asian. Gemma Chan, Sandra Oh, Daniel Day Kim, Benedict Wong, Isaac Wang. All of the people who were casted aside from Kelly Marie Tran are East Asian. It's, this is ridiculous. It gets weirder when you look at Sandra Oh's skin tone and then the mom that she plays is significantly darker from her. It's like not brown face, but it's close enough. Like recently, Jenny Slate had to step down from a character role that was she was playing a biracial character, Missy in Big Mouth. Kristen Bell also stepped down from playing a role uh, that was also a biracial character in like a cartoon uh, called Central Park on Apple TV Plus or whatever. I just think it's weird. And this conglomerating of East Asian and Southeast Asian and South Asian and West Asian cultures needs to stop. Just stop. I think it speaks to Hollywood being unwilling to hire more than like 11 Asian actors. Well, Disney also has the capacity to make people famous. Ali'i Cravalo was not famous before Moana and they made her famous. I cannot name an Indonesian actor off the top of my head. You, Disney could have made an Indonesian actor or actress like famous and they did not. So that's on them. Sorry that they could only it's think the same of like problem five we had with Asian Black Panther people. where we were like, you're making a movie that's like pretty explicitly talking about the difference between being African and African American and yet you cast a ton of African American actors to play African actors when you could have just as easily cast African actors and made them famous. Same with Lion King. Same with, like, even more so, African. double with Lion yeah. King. That sentiment, yeah. but, like, with quadruple. Like, you're gonna cast Beyonce as Nala? Like, I'm sorry, I know you're not allowed to say anything bad about Beyonce ever, but I'm right. But, like, you're right. <laughs> and, like, if they were trying to do this revisionist thing, they did a bad job. I can't even really force myself to get too mad about this movie because it's not even good. Yeah, exactly. But now here's the problem. A lot of writers now, um, like upcoming screenwriters are like trying to pitch a horror movie as like a black person and then they get told "Mm, but we have get out and so that's happening already now what's gonna happen is you're gonna be like oh i want this like rom-com set in singapore and people are like oh we have crazy rotations right this is gonna keep happening where like one big company makes one thing 
and then everyone else has to just sit down and be quiet because we already got our thing, so we can't complain because we got our one thing. We got Get Out, and we got Black Panther, and we got Raya and the Last Dragon. I'm hoping that Raya and the Last Dragon flops hard enough that everyone forgets about it in this It's context. not even available in half of the Southeast Asian countries. This whole $30 paywall thing, I hate it. Um, I think it, I like, kind of speaks to how class unconscious this movie is. I'm also, like, happy that Kui Gwen got employed. No, this. that's the thing. I'm, like, that's why I was so disappointed, because I was, like, Kui Gwen, like, is a great writer. I'd love to see, like, She Kills Monsters would be such a baller movie. He doesn't have the same pull as, like, a Jeremy O'Harris or... Yeah, he's never been on Broadway. It got distilled down to the point where it's just generic enough and so therefore is not that great i'm happy he got a job i'm happy that like probably some little girls will watch this and be happy that there's a brown person i'm mad that they tapped quiguin for this because like quiguin excels at writing modern characters like his modern dialogue is like what is great about him yeah people from the 90s Can Asian people exist in real life, please? Can we exist in, like, not the past or a fake fictional land? The reason white people are allowed to exist everywhere and no one bats an eye at Game of Thrones is because white people are everywhere anyway, no matter what. That's why they get, like, a fictional land, whatever. Can, can like, Asians exist in, like, not the future and not the past or like, and not, like, some weird mythos that's not real? Can they just exist now so minari and nomadland are two films right now minari has a korean cast um an american cast really good nomadland is directed edited and produced by chloe Zhao, which i have never heard of a director like a big time director also editing their own movie which is like what a boss ass bitch like that's so cool um and she's nominated for all of those things um nyu alum too nyu Um, alum NYU alum. The only alum that I care about aside from <laughs> Susan, Suzanne Collins. <laughs> you know, um, we got yeah. an email the other day. Like, what her, what's her name? Dean Green sent us an email. Oh, I was yeah. like, oh my god, NYU alums are getting awards and they listed Lady Gaga and I was like, stop talking about Lady Gaga. She dropped out. She dropped out. Come to terms Half with the fact that Lady Gaga left. dropped out. There's the NYU discourse. There's lad. this animated movie on Netflix right now called Over the Moon. And it's very cute, and it takes place in the present day, and it's about this girl, um, she's Chinese, and she tries, she builds a rocket to the moon to, um, meet a goddess that might bring her mother back. It's very sweet. There's a little bit of conglomeration, like, there's some songs that sound kind of like a K-pop sort of situation, but, uh, most of the creative team is Asian. I think the director was white, though, um... But it's very cute, and if you want something that's better and will make you cry and feel things, um, go watch Over the Moon. And you won't have to pay $30 on top of your subscription. you won't have to pay $30. Yeah, I guess, like, the moral of the story is please don't watch this movie. I I feel bad. Here's the thing, though, because it's like, watch the movie because we want Disney to keep making movies with brown people in it. But they won't. But they won't. But do they care? They won't. They don't care. So it's like, who cares? Because they don't. Like, I don't know, do you have $30? I don't have $30. We had no problem saying don't watch Mulan, so I guess we should also have no problem saying don't really watch I guess Mulan felt different because it was a remake, so Disney already knew people loved Mulan, and, like, and so saying don't watch Mulan, it was like, yeah, don't watch this shitty remake of Mulan, whereas this movie is an original and so it's like, if I say don't watch this, it means like the whole inception of it is bad. And so Disney thinks, oh, I guess we can't have Southeast Asians and things. Not that they were planning on ever having another Southeast Asian thing ever again, but. No, I feel bad saying don't support this thing that has a lot of like Asian people behind it, considering like what's going on right now. But yeah, listen. If you are Asian and you saw some of yourself or your culture or your anything in this movie i'm not gonna fault you for that there's some parts in the movie where she speaks in a language that sounds kind of like urdu 
And I was like, oh, that's nice. And the part where they take their shoes off, and they don't mention why, they just take off their shoes. But again, that's virtue signaling to me. But if you saw yourself in this movie, good on you. I'm very happy for you. If you had fun watching this movie, good for you, because I wish I did. Yeah. Oh, also... Maybe this isn't the right time to say it, but we do have, like, a lineup of, like, um, Asian movies that we were going to watch, and, like, we are, and now, unfortunately, with the way that, like, the calendar is, they are going to be in May, which is Asian American Heritage Month, but I want to, I want to iterate that, like, that, we did not plan that, like, we were going to do that anyway, and now it looks yeah. like we're virtue signaling, but we're not. We were, we're already going to do it. We are already going to do it. So. Folks, it's time for the bitch meter. I feel like reiterating the correlation versus causation thing, it's key right now. It's time for the bitch meter. It's our what score we meter. For, okay. What do we, we give it for queer? Oh, wow. Queen, you're tired. I'm just sad. For queer, we gave it a minus one for bait. Come on, Disney. You know what you were doing. They knew exactly what they were doing. What do we give it for gender? We gave it a five because it's like pretty lady heavy. There's ladies in it. There's a lot of ladies. Mega ladies. What did we give it for race? Give it five. Where are the white people? Nowhere, as it Nowhere. should be. For disability, we gave it an NA. There's nothing. Of it. There's nothing. For body positivity, you know we gave it an NA minus one. And you know that minus one is because for one dollar, cast non-thin people. Can I get some fat actors? Can I get some Comically fat- Comically large bodybuilder does does not count. What do we give it for class? <laughs> For class, we gave it an N.A. Which gives us a grand total score of... Eight out of ten. Yeah, it did well. I'm okay, so Is this sorry. our highest score ever, possibly? It's one of... Just because you put brown people in a movie that doesn't make it good, I'm sorry. We've said it before and we'll say it again. We I'll watched again. The Prom. We watched we Happiest watch. Season. Okay, it's time to call Harris. Hi, Harris. Hello, how's it going? Oh, Guy and I are... We're sad. Yeah. Oh, no. The movie made us sad. What was your (laughs) hot take on Ryan the last My hot take was that I loved it. What? (laughs) No. No. Just because it felt like... If, if I'm looking at it as, like, a completely different world, separated from the history of the U.S. and, and other countries, uh-huh. um, it, it was just, like, a journey I was up for. Okay. And also, um, Kui Gwen, the one of the writers, yeah. um, I think he's a great playwright, but We've also, um, maybe instead of watching uh, Raya, you could w- listen to his podcast episode on soundstage called outtakes and that's like a genuine authentic piece of asian media that puts that represents people in a really great way um but i personally liked riot i'm so that's so (laughs) nuts guy and i just talked about how bad we thought it was so i guess you'll have to listen to the episode to see where we yeah, I, no, it was just differ like, off wow like, i had no and fun I, I was like intrigued by the world that mm. i created Mm-hmm. Huh. But I guess y'all. I liked that there was a country named Spine. Didion. I can't wait to listen to the episode. Yeah. I'm glad you got something out of it. Okay. Yeah. We're not mad at you. We love you very much. (laughs) Mad at Harris for liking it. Okay, bye. Love you, bye. (laughs) What the fuck? I had a feeling the second he picked up the phone, I was like, what if he liked this? Oh no. What are we (laughs) fuck? What are we working on? Um the movie I wrote shot this weekend. Yay! Uh, it was weird because I was I'm in the group chat, but I obviously am not in New York it's shooting. Um, so I just got a lot of random like out of context things. I don't Ooh. know when they're making it. I wrote it. You did write it. I'm proud of you. Thanks. What are you working on? I did a week long workshop with a script that I was writing with Bryce Dallas Howard, and it was really nice and informative. And I was writing a thing about partition actually and then the whole time i was writing it i was having so much trouble with it whatever and then at the end of the workshop they went oh nita this is a horror movie you wrote a horror movie like you need to make this a horror movie and i was like fuck me 
Will I ever be able to write something that's not horror? Probably, maybe, but right now my body nah. just wants to write scary Don't. things. Don't bother. Wouldn't Raya have been so much better if it was a horror movie? Agreed. Anyway. Yay! Oh my god, let's end this episode, please. Plug time! So yes, um, you can follow me at Nitha underscore Thadani, T-H-A-D-A-N-I on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me on Instagram at Gaia Rose River or Gaia River Rose, depending on what you want from me. Yes, you can follow Bitch Why Podcast on at Bitch Why Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, and you can email us at b.tchwhy at gmail.com. If you liked this movie, email us. Tell us why. Yeah, please. Because <laughs> we clearly don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> please leave us a review and rate us on iTunes uh, or wherever you get your podcasts. All of our resources referenced will be in the show notes. Thanks to our editor and co-producer and gay G-O-D, capital G, God, Cameron, and our graphic designer, Jillian. Have a good sleep, bitches. Have a wonderful sleep, Get some sleep, rest. Bitches. Don't watch this movie and go to sleep early instead.